This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the second hour of the Sunday Night Sex Show here on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thank you for staying with me, hanging over with me into the more risque part of the Sunday Night Sex Show. It's a little bit later. We can get a little lustier. Tonight, uh, on the second half of the program, we're going to be talking about dating, a lot about dating. Uh, Jill Sinclair is the author of the book, Date Did What? And she joins me in the studio. Also going to be talking to Steve Wilson. He is a forensic investigator, and he looks at dating fraud. We're also going to be handing out that Valentine's Day gift and uh, that's left over from last week because I'm just a little behind on things. And also uh, answering your emails. Uh, sometimes things happen just a little too fast in the bedroom. Happens to a lot of you guys, and it might ruin the moment. It might only take a moment. <laughs> uh, so the women may not be as upset as you think they are, but we'll get to that shortly. Right now, we're going to be talking to Jill Sinclair. She's written an absolutely hilarious book called Date Did What? And she joins me in the studio. So, Jill, thank you so much for coming to the studio tonight. Maureen, my darling, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> You are hilarious. Absolutely love talking to you. (laughs) Thank you very much. I take life rather seriously, I know. Clearly. Uh, (laughs) Clearly, girl. I should take it a little bit more seriously. (laughs) Um, But you you should too. Date did what? So tell me, what inspired you to write this book? Uh, Let's start there. Okay. Just plain and simple, I was in a very long-term relationship and decided that just wasn't what I needed and took about three years off. And I said to the universe, hey, I'm ready to be in love again. And then all hell broke loose. And then all of a sudden, uh, it was raining men. And so I got into this whole dating scene. And my book is all about my 47 Johns that I dated. And yes. it's not the Johns that you think about. That's right. But, but we could easily remember their names. That I was know. I know. So it was, I was in it to win it. And I was all about, yeah, this is what I need to do. And my friend said, as I was in the dating scene, oh, my gosh, these stories are hilarious. When you think about, like, a mound of nuts in, like, spandex, you get a visual. You and do. So yeah. You certainly do. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a great book. I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. And I think Thank it would you. make a lot of women feel more comfortable because a lot of women are embarrassed by some of the dating stories. And were, were all of them online dating? No, you had a matchmaker? Oh, I had a couple of matchmakers. Yeah. God bless them. You yeah. utilized matchmaker, yeah. matchmaking services. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so online and you've fixed up with friends and other people. And you've uh, so you've decided to share these stories. Uh, to help other women and uh, let other women know that you've kissed a lot of frogs and you finally found your prince as well? Well, in essence, I did it so you don't have to. You know what I mean? I went through these stories so you don't have to. And the funny thing is there's no shame in wanting to be in love. There's no shame to, to dating, you know, a myriad of people. The whole thing is if you're if you have intention to be in love, you'll be in love. It's that she makes right? it sound very easy, doesn't she? <laughs> no, um, my God, my God, like 47 Johns. Like, seriously, it was not easy, right? But I still had that in my head, that but it, I will, I will get that man that is the man of my dreams. You did, and you approached it with a certain degree of confidence. And there are certain things that you did in certain situations that may help other women who find themselves in similar situations because some of the situations would be common and other women would find that. So, for yeah. example, the John, who, um, I don't, I'm not sure which John this was, but uh, John number, whatever, uh, he was in Calgary and then he was coming back oh. here to pick up a few things at his ex-wife's house oh, and then he one. and then he um, found when he found, we, he was going to date you and meet you at a party and, yeah. and but when he 
went to his ex-wife's house to pick up a few items he found that he felt a little amorous toward her. He was not finished with that. And my whole thing is, honey, that's leftovers that you still haven't finished and you still are desiring that. So I've got no place in your life and nor can you think that I do because if you're holding on to both of us, like you're not going to be satiated at all. Right. I'm not Did you find the- yourself attracted to him? Initially, before Initially. I knew this yes. was all going on, of course. Yes, and I noted that you picked up the dinner. You you took him up on his dinner offer. I did because you were hungry. I was, was I was no hungry. other reason. Seriously, the the restaurants in Vancouver You're giving are women a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. He was like he was like Joe. You know what? I I I really enjoy your company, and I want to spend time with you. And I had said to him, you know what? I'm cool with this. Let's just know that we are friends now. We're in the friend zone. This is all good with friends. Right. Yeah. And and then how about um, the widower that you um, you oh, also dated? Good lord, a widower. That was the saddest thing because that was through a matchmaker, and the matchmaker said when she said he was a widower, and I said, "Well, is he over his wife? Are you sure? Absolutely. I've been to his place. I've been to his place. I show up at his place after our four dates. Um, so I took a while, everyone. I took a while to get there. So after four dates, I get to his house. It was a shrine to his ex-wife. A shrine. Pictures of her everywhere." In the bedroom, she still had, well, they still had the makeup and the perfumes and everything was there. And then his son and his his, his uh, uh, wife was there. And then they met me. And then, oh, Jill, you remind me so much of our mom. Oh, my God. Probably. It was just creepy. It was creepy and it was wrong. And I'm like, oh, my God. But how long after his wife had died did you date him? I think it was, was uh, going on three years. Oh, wow. So but was... he wasn't He wasn't over her. Right. Like, clearly, he wasn't over Like, she had a craft room that was all set up. Like, it was just, it was bonkers. And I'm not faulting him at all. I'm faulting the matchmaker that matched me up with this person saying right. he was over this. Well, the grieving process is different for everybody. And it's very difficult to go through somebody's yeah. things and to get rid of their things. And... You know, it may take men a little bit longer than women. I'm not being yeah. judgmental there, but um, but it just, and, and personality yeah, types yeah. as well. Some people can yeah. do that um, right but away. But honey, so, but when someone invites you into their house and her stuff is everywhere still, right? Yeah, you need to it's take a, little, a step back. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now we know what the best date was, but what was the worst date? What was the absolute worst? <laughs> I think there was probably 46 worst dates. Um, so well, there was. You considered there was, all of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was so many. There was there there was a lot of bad dates. Like the guy, you know, on the phone, we we spoke probably maybe six times on the phone. We emailed back and forth, and he just had such a way with words, and he was awesome. And then we show up to meet, and he didn't look anything like his photo on on the match site. This is so online. typical. Oh my gosh! Yes. Stop this guy's right now, and women, everyone, stop lying. Just be yourselves. Show so he the comes real up, picture. He comes up and he's got a pair of um, acid wash jeans on and a running shirt that was about three times too small for him. Three sizes. So it was just, it just wasn't like, ooh, ooh. It, it wasn't the right thing. And then everything else went from that. And he said he was a, a, a painter. I, I took that to mean he painted for a living as in art because he told me he was an artist. And he painted houses, and he lived in a basement suite, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. No shame but in that. He, but mm-hmm. he led me to believe he was something different than what he was. Right. And so uh, that's my next question. Perfect segue into the next question. What advice would you give to men on the dating scene, I think, uh, versus the women? We'll get to the women afterward. But but when men, you've, you've alluded to a couple of them, be yourself, yeah. give an, provide an up-to-date photograph, uh, you know, be authentic and genuine. Yeah. What are some of the other suggestions you would have based on your 
47 experiences. <laughs> well, good Lord, Maureen. Okay, a few things too, a couple uh, on the bad date things. Some men who aren't owning who they are, like the, the cross-dresser that didn't tell me who he was initially. and, and He didn't then, tell you he was a cross-dresser. Yeah. About yeah. 33% of men have uh, cross-dressed at some point in yeah. their lifetime, according to research. And no smack but, on him at all, but, oh, but I was just not yeah. that person. You just want to know that. But yeah, just tell me that. And right. then another guy that was really... I so did you suggest that cross-dressers tell dates yeah, uh, that I'm they? a cross-dresser? Yeah. Do you think that they would be discriminated against, that would, they would not get any opportunity? A lot of people might be afraid of that, and then therefore uh, they may not get the chances. So I can understand why somebody would keep that a secret because of the way society looks at that. And so I... Mm, you know, I understand what you're another- saying. I understand what you're saying. However, when he asks if he can borrow my clothes on our first date, that's where I, I call well, he, it. Well, he's yeah, telling no. you then. <laughs> <laughs> Making no bones about it there. Right, right. And then the other gentleman. You're would, blonde too. I know, yeah, right? He was a cross-dresser. <laughs> I gave And so, did you say yes? You know did you I, give him some old clothes? <laughs> I said no. I said I have a size six feet. Your feet are like size 12. It's not going to work, right? But then the other gentleman. What woman gentleman, doesn't squeeze into size six pumps anyway? Well, you know. But the other gentleman that was um turned out to be gay which is i love i love that however he didn't let himself explore that and he thought he could kind of fake it through life so i i just implore people and just how to old be was he to, oh gosh in his early 40s oh yeah you know a lot of men yeah, come out yeah. later in life yeah. and i'm, I'm cool with that but but the whole thing is just Know that we're here to support whoever you are, whatever stage you are at life. Don't fake it because we see it. Right. right. Yeah. Do we all put on a bit of a persona? I mean, I think yeah. online in particular, people put on a particular persona. They do. Uh, and, you know, they want to be who someone wants them to be potentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so uh, so that's uh, you know interesting that uh, all of the, the variety uh, which, which is the spice of life, I might add. It but is, the yeah. variety that you encountered. And how did you know the one was the one? And without uh, giving away the uh, the book. And we are going to give away a book to We're uh, scooting to that, are we? Listener. Okay, yeah. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Give us a call if you want to win the book. Date did what? Uh, so finally you meet the one. And I what, meet the one, yeah. yeah. Was it instantaneous? It was. It was instantaneous. It was, uh, Maureen, it was absolutely instantaneous. And when we met, um, I, I had never wanted to meet a man in a coffee shop because I thought that's not, like, if they can't put me, like, give me enough time to have dinner or drinks or something. Well, we had spoken quite a few times before our date and he had just said, you know what? I have just not had some good experiences with some other women and not that I don't trust you. We've just met on the phone. Can we please just meet for coffee? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Who else wouldn't want to meet this wonderful gentleman for coffee? So mm-hmm. I, it was a dark and stormy night, literally. Rain coming down sideways. We met at a coffee shop. He came and met me at the door of the coffee shop. Oh, if nice. that's not enough, right? No, yeah. that's freaking awesome, Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can see why. We have Sylvia on the line. Hello, Sylvia. Hello. Oh, did we lose Sylvia? Oh, Sylvia. Sylvia's the book winner. (laughs) Uh, You can call back Sylvia if you want. Um, We're talking Date Did What by Jill Sinclair and all of her experiences. So you met at a coffee shop. You weren't sure about that. He met you at the door. You thought, this is a gentleman. This is somebody that I would like to go on a second date with, perhaps, and then perhaps spend the rest of my life with. Well, it was. Literally, it it literally was the dark and stormy night. So when he he walked me out, we closed down the coffee shop. They they put the the stools on the the tables, sweeping up, mopping up. And then 
he walks me out and we kissed oh. and it was magical oh. i looked like a drag queen my makeup was smeared all over the place <laughs> and i was just like looking up into his big brown eyes and I, and you said well when do you wh- where do you want to go with this and i'm like well I'll, I'll see you this weekend right and like all of a sudden we've been together since isn't that so nice Seriously. well yeah. congratulations yeah. uh we have mariana on the on the line Hi. now hello mariana Hi. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I just heard you talking on the show. Yes. And uh, that book sounds interesting. Fantastic. <laughs> well, you are the book winner. Oh, my God. Are you serious? I am serious. Oh, no way. Yes. So congratulations. Oh. I'm so glad you're so happy about it, Mariana. Oh. Are you just getting out on the dating crawl or? Uh, uh, no, not right now, but I'm, I'm sort of... Uh, into it. <laughs> oh, good. I'm not, I'm not dating anyone right now, and I have no date, but I'm... But you want to. Yes. <laughs> well, this book will give you the confidence on how to approach that. Oh, that's for darn that's sure. Exciting. And a few oh, laughs in the meantime. Show. Yeah, well, that's it's great. It's very informative. I like the way you talk about all this stuff. Uh, I beg your pardon? I like your show. I like your show. Oh, you thank you. talk about all these relevant things to do with dating, sexuality, and relationships that you just don't get it, this information anywhere else. Oh, well, thank you so much, Marianna. And I have great guests that helped me out with that, like Jill Sinclair. So that's, uh, so oh, I, yeah. I'm blessed. I'm very lucky as oh, well. Well, and thanks yeah, to yeah. listeners like you also. That's so nice yeah. of you. Thank you. Well, enjoy the book. And if you hang on, Matt will take your information down. All right. Thank you so much, Maureen. Oh, you're very Thanks welcome. Yeah, and good luck on your dating game. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a game. It's a you game, girl. It's a game. Yeah. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, Jill, and get some advice from you, what would be the best way? The best way really is either through Twitter, Instagram, or my email. Twitter is Jill underscore Sinclair. Um, Instagram is Ms. Jill Sinclair. And my email is Jill at JillSinclair.com. So I do have some books that I've done a, a, a small print on. And I'm, I'm certainly willing to give those away as well. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you so much for coming into the studio. The book is Date Did What? And it's by Jill Sinclair. They and it's what? absolutely hilarious. I thoroughly enjoyed every single word. I am Maureen McGrath. And you're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath hosting this show for you. How are you this evening? Hopefully you're enjoying life and your evening as well. Um, lots to catch up on, of course, as usual. Welcome to my world. Welcome to my life. Um, but I'm, I'm getting there. I'm trying hard. You're trying hard too, I'm sure. Um, I had an email from somebody and I love your email. So continue to send them to me, please. Sex talk at cknw.com. That's sex talk at cknw.com. Hi, my name is Rod. I'm married for the past five years, Maureen, happily and in love. However, like any good tale, there has got to be something that will shade the happiness. I am coming very quickly, and it's very bad for our sex life. I would be interested in learning how I can improve this issue. This is an issue for so many men, and it's known as premature ejaculation. And the two most common behavioral therapies, because in my clinical practice, I utilize behavioral therapies, are, so the two most common that I would recommend and begin with, and hopefully other healthcare practitioners would begin with conservative measures, they would begin with the start-stop technique and the squeeze 
technique, which sound pretty good, huh? Uh, they, they generally uh, do work, uh, but sometimes they can take away a little bit from the sexual pleasure. Because if you're like any good couple out there, you want to have vigorous, intense, gratifying, sexually satisfying intercourse that leads to perhaps two or three orgasms for her and one explosive one for him if you're in a heterosexual couple uh heterosexual marriage or relationship if you're in a same-sex marriage obviously both women or men want to have multiple orgasms that vigorous rocking wild sex (laughs) that's what you want to have and when things come too soon, it can be a problem. So when I come back, I'm going to give you a little bit more information on the start-stop method and the squeeze technique for your coming too soon. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Now the latest global sky tracker weather on CKNW. Tonight we're seeing periods of rain about 10 to 20 millimeters expected and wind near the water with a low of 4 degrees. In Burnaby it's 6 degrees and cloudy. Outside CKNW at Pacific Center it's 5 degrees. CKNW weather for feels like a facelift. All your friends will think you secretly had a facelift. Available at Mark's Pharmacy Delta and this month get a free eye cream with purchase at London Drugs. CKNW News Time 932. I'm Bailey Nicholson. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here hosting this little sex show for you. Hopefully you are enjoying it this evening. Uh, it's certainly always my pleasure. I love your emails, sextalk at cknw.com. Send them along as Rod did. Not his real name, but I gave him that one. <laughs> he obviously has the rod. The rod is working, but... <laughs> Not really. Anyway, little problem with it. And you know what? A lot of guys, this is the number one sexual health dysfunction for men, and that is premature ejaculation. And so Rod wrote that he's been married for the past five years, happily and in love. However, like any good tale, there's got to be something that will shade the happiness. And his coming very quickly is bad for their sex life. So he asked me what he can do. So since I'm in the realm of conservative measures of life, I mentioned uh, a couple of methods uh, to start with prior to going on medication, for example, or even utilizing a a gel uh, on the penis that uh, will slow things down a little bit. But you just want to try, although they're not the sexiest things, the start-stop method can be fun, though. Uh, It's the most common behavioral therapy for premature ejaculation. And this technique for premature ejaculation in it has to do with the man knowing himself, of course, and understanding how his body works and learning to identify what is referred to in the sexual health realm as mid-level excitement, according to the International Society for Sexual Medicine's guidelines for the diagnosis and treatment of premature ejaculation. When a man learns to identify this mid-level excitement, he is able to prevent ejaculation. So what it entails is the start-stop technique requires that the man stop stimulation, for example, intercourse, and allows the excitement level to diminish before starting again. So you'll last longer. You'll have more fun. This will be more pleasurable, provided she wants to continue and make sure make this moment last longer than just a moment. Of course, some women would be delighted, especially those with low sexual desire, should you come rather quickly. 
Uh, so you want to start this with self-stimulation. That's what I recommend to my clients. Always best to try these things on your own by yourself. And it's easier to recognize your mid-level excitement and to try and control your ejaculation. And then you're not doing it in front of your partner, even if you're with a partner that you're totally comfortable with and in love with and the whole thing. Um, and then you can move on to the partner hand stimulation and then to intercourse with minimal movement and then to the stop starting with thrusting. So it, it's a bit of a progress I'll, I'll, uh, or a process. I will write a blog on this to explain this. So you can go to my blog straight up. I'll put it on straight up, but I'll also put it on Fifty Shades of Pink. There's also the squeeze technique. And uh, this is also recommended by sexual health therapists. Um, and this is where the shaft of the penis is firmly squeezed between the thumb and the forefinger just prior to ejaculation. And this squeezing causes significant reduction in your erection. So keep that in mind. And that is what prevents the ejaculation. And uh, so a lot of men find this very helpful. But again, practice makes perfect to learn the proper timing and the squeeze location and to apply the right amount of pressure. Uh, so you may want to, again, do this on your own with masturbation, which is perfectly healthy and normal, by the way, another common question that I get. Um, or you may want to involve your partner. And, you, you know, again, it's a process. So you may want to um, involve your partner after you have spent some time by yourself, with yourself, having solo sex. Even if you're just having solo sex and you don't have somebody to have sex with, you may ejaculate too soon as well with yourself. So you can try this too. This, these techniques do not discriminate. Um, otherwise, uh you can try the Valsalva maneuver as well, and that's done by moderately forceful attempted exhalation against a closed airway. So you can do it by bearing down as though you're blowing on a trumpet. Uh, when I ask men to do that, to demonstrate that in front of me in my clinical practice, they say, what song do you want me to play? <laughs> quite often. What tune do you want me to play on the flute? Uh, it's the trumpet, I say, or <laughs> not the flute. Uh, but there's other, uh, there are gels um, with anesthetics in them, which I'm not a big fan of because that can decrease the sexual sensation and pleasure. And, um, or there's also medications, um, medications like antidepressants, which also will, may affect sexual desire. So, you know, get practiced, get going on the start and stop method or the squeeze technique or the Valsalva maneuver. As I said, I certainly will write a blog about that on Fifty Shades of Pink and explain it all again in case you didn't hear it. But you can email me, sextalk at cknw.com. Right now we're going to be talking about dating fraud. Steve Wilson is currently the manager of investigative and forensic services with MNPLLP. This is one of the largest accounting and business advisory firms in Canada. He has 10 years of investigative experience related to fraud and technical crime. He's responsible for mitigating, identifying, and resolving occurrences of fraud within the organization. He also continues to be actively involved in promoting online safety and educating people and organizations about the risks throughout Canada at community events and speaking engagements. Uh, Steve is on the line, and we're going to be talking about online dating fraud. You would be surprised at how many people hand over tens of thousands of dollars to others that they've never even met, potentially, 
but they've fallen in love with. They have given their heart over to some online guy or woman. Hello, Steve. Hello, how are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Good. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks for joining me. Yeah. It's a really important issue, and this can yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, is, this happens more commonly. In fact, once every three hours, is that correct, that uh, online dating fraud has been reported in England? Yeah, that's right. That came out, I believe it was last week, that article. They say that every three hours they're getting one report of online dating fraud, and it's a growing trend uh, globally, actually. And even in Canada now, we're seeing um, it increasing. And they say that approximately 36% of Canadians are actually using online dating sites right now. So and it's increasing every year. So, And also, it seems that the older people who are people in their 50s and 60s who potentially have more money than those in their 20s and 30s, are, are at greater risk. They're, they're actually victims of online fraud more so than the younger people. Yeah, that's, that's correct. And, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a really devastating issue. And, you know, like I think in Canada they reported that uh, in 2016 there was about uh, approximately 700, 800 people in Canada and 17 million in losses to online dating scams. And the reality of that is typically only 5 to 10% of people actually report it because of embarrassment or other issues. So, that number is actually probably close to three or four hundred million dollars a year. We're seeing a loss. Not that, to mention other things, right? So. It's amazing. And these people, I mean, you you deal with the cases. These people fall in love online, yeah, and ha- send over a hundred thousand dollars to somebody who might be struggling with a medical issue, or yeah, you know, do they think they're going to get the money back? You know, well, they're always promised they're going to get the money back, and you know, it, they're they're so good. The scammers are so good at what they do. I mean, they've taken the time to build a relationship. They are the absolute dream person that this other person's been looking for forever. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes it, they'll take a couple months, sometimes up to a year before they actually start asking for money. Um, and I've, I've dealt with some cases personally with close to a million dollars they've sent overseas. And, um, you know, we don't find out about it. I mean, I can remember one incident when they actually phoned me up and, and reported that uh, their uh, uh, significant other was trapped in the airport and they wanted our assistance to try and help get them out of this airport in Europe. And the first question I asked is, did you send them money? And, and that's usually the first sign that, you know, unfortunately she's been scammed and uh, wow. all too often. Yeah. yeah. And so how, what advice do you give to people out there who might be falling in love with somebody online? Is it as soon as they ask for money, the gig is up? You know what? I would honestly say that would be the number one thing that should be a red flag. If they're asked for money at any point in a relationship, you should, at the very minimum, step back. And if you haven't already done so, tell someone else, either a family member or a friend, that you've been dating this person online and now they're asking for money to at least get another person's opinion. Um, The unfortunate side is what typically happens is they're already so involved um, and the emotional bond is already there so much that they they feel a a need to, to send that money. Um, and it just goes on and on, and there's one problem after another, or, or the person overseas is um, trying to get back, and they keep losing their money or their passport, and it, it, the scam just continues. And we, you know, at uh, you know, we as human beings, it's human nature to want to help somebody else. Yeah. And and it's also human nature to think nobody can scam us or, or nobody would do that intentionally. But you know, I, I've certainly learned. In my young life, <laughs> that people are unbelievable, that people yeah. try to scam you. And I've certainly had, you know, a number of incidents, instances, and I've um, not not in the online dating world, but the in the business world more so. And I've done my due diligence and I have found out I, I just 
couldn't believe it. And I and I'm the type of person that, you know, yeah, I have to be hit with the brick a little bit to believe it, but I'll do my due diligence before I will pull the trigger, if you will. Yeah. Um, but it's just amazing how many people want to scam you. I had an incident last year where somebody, a professional, uh, tried to scam me out of, you know, clo- it sounds ridiculous, but it was close to $100,000. And fortunately, I didn't, I didn't fall for it, but it took months of, of my due diligence, investigating, lawyers, checking it out, uh, having, you know, different people look at the deal. And, uh, you know, it was, it was bad. And yeah. and this person, you know, carries on. He'll do it to the next one. Yeah, and you know that's the other big issue with a lot of these. Is that, you know the perpetrators are overseas, so you can't really expect law enforcement. You know, it's important to report it, um, but you can't really expect that you're going to recover any money when it's gone. It's gone. Absolutely. And that's and that's why it's so important. Like you just mentioned, there, do the due diligence. Step back. You know, do some checks and balances with your emotions about this person you're involved with, and you know, if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. So, and I think that's also key is if it's too good to be true, it certainly is, and that's the thing. So, if people have you know found love in all the wrong places online, and this is the one, it's too good to be true. uh, It it likely is, and maybe that's just the the big red flag. And definitely, I do know somebody who was asked for money after six months of of talking to somebody on the phone and online, and she said she had had a hint prior to, but she ignored it. And I said, and and until he asked for money, that was when she said, oh my gosh, when she asked for money, when he asked for money, she felt like the biggest fool ever. But she said she'd realized that um, a few months before she had heard a sign. She got a sign, but she decided to ignore it. And I said, what was that sign? And she said she heard roosters in the background. You know, the guy was probably (laughs) calling from Ghana or something. Um, You know, and you hear them in, you know, they're in rooms, basically. They hire young boys to, to do this and, and, uh, to fake people out. But anyway, how can people get in touch with you, Steve? Should they have been the victim of online dating fraud? You know, they can, they can contact me directly at my email address. It's uh, steve.wilson at mnp.ca. I'm more than happy to, to help out and answer any questions. And, you know, I, I've had numerous times where I've actually had to phone people up and we did like a phone intervention with them. We tried to tell them that, you know, and it, sometimes it takes an hour or 15 minutes to say, you know, you're, this isn't right. Look at all the signs. And when they step back and they're like, hey, wait a sec, you're, you're right. I feel, I, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. But and they don't have to what? be embarrassed. It's No, absolutely not. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so common. The most important thing is don't send the money. Please don't send the money. I mean, exactly. And and send me the money before yeah, you yeah. send them the money, and then I'll let you know if you should send the money to them, and I'll take 10% in the meantime. Yeah. You know what, <laughs> I'll share it with everybody here at CKNW. Yeah. You guys are getting some. <laughs> I mean, we've, I've heard of stories of people actually not only sending the money, but actually going over to see overseas, like in Africa, for example, and to meet this person. And it, I mean, I won't even get into the problems you're facing then trying to get back out of the country. Oh, I can imagine. Well, thanks, Steve. It's great work. As always, pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. All right. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You can send the money right here with an envelope and with unmarked bills with my name on it. (laughs) You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW.
Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Matt, it's that time that we have to award our little Valentine's Day basket, and I just wanted to read a few uh, emails that you yeah, haven't heard yet. Um, I, I love this guy. <laughs> Dear Maureen, she texted, it was all I could do to drive home and not reach down. When I got to the house, I heard the soft moans. She was on the couch, scantily clad, and multiple orgasms in. I approached the couch, and she was insatiable. Rocked my world. And hers again, Mark, longtime listener, love the show. I would have called, but traveling for work, streaming the show before bed. Cheers. I like that because I'm not sure who he was with. I think it was, well, oh, home. He's with his wife. <laughs> okay. Well, I just think the more exciting, you know, that it can be, the better it can be. Um, I actually, he forgot to tell. I forgot to read this part. I'm sorry. I left her a sexy note stating I was two blocks away, hard as a rock, having a drink at the restaurant, thinking about how she would be getting herself ready for me. Text me when she wanted me to head home. Yeah, so that that's good. That I wonder how long they've been married. Um, there's been lots of comments on the, my TED talk, which has had 1.7 million views <laughs> as of tonight, uh, which is amazing. And like. So many comments. There's a budding romance on there. Um, and one guy is marrying a woman. He's in a relationship. He said, sex, what's that? Uh, and then I said, uh, I said, you must be married, wink, wink. He said, in a relationship for seven years, it's sexless. We are probably going to get married. At least I know. He said, the upside is I know my fate. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh, you're getting married knowing this? Anyhow, so... Um, this is a big issue. This is why I wanted to hear all of these stories, the hot stories. So I have another, this is a fairly long one, but this is about, uh, this email was about 30 years of marriage, 10,000 nights, lots of memorable experiences. But this woman went to Vegas and uh, couldn't find anyone. Well, she went with a friend and um, you know what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. But when she came home, she had great passionate sex with her husband but uh, we had, um, we did have uh, Ken's story. That was Ken. You want to play that? Have you got? Uh, and then I have another one for you. So let's just play a little bit of Ken. Hi. This happened a <laughs> long time ago. I was quite young, and I. But you still remember it, Ken. That's what I like I about it. I still remember it. This yeah. happened a long, but I met a lady who was a little older than me, Ooh. and um, she decided to do something which I was not, and I never tried before. And what she did was she decided to use some whipped cream, chocolate syrup, and cherries and to make a chocolate sundae uh, with a certain part of my anatomy. The only, the only problem was that the cold whipped cream had an effect on that part of my anatomy, which was kind of embarrassing. So I <laughs> Warm up your whipped cream. That's the message here. Well, this one, she didn't do that. The whipped cream was real cold. It was interesting. <laughs> the whipped cream needs to go in the mouth first, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, she didn't do that. She just took it out of the fridge, and it was quite interesting, and I had never tried that before since. <laughs> okay, I guess my mic was hot there. Um, so, yeah, so he set the bar anyway. I thought that was great. But uh, then I got this email. What do you think of this, Matt? The best lovemaking I ever had was when I had an affair outside of my marriage. She was beautiful, sexy, and the chemistry between us was always hot. I got caught by my wife, and we've worked things out. I promised my wife I would never cheat again, but I've never stopped thinking about this woman on occasion. 
It ended with my never telling her anything. I just never spoke to her again or contacted her again. I would love to see her again because on some level I know that I broke her heart. I would love to have dinner with her in the restaurant that you mentioned. It's outside of my neighborhood because I live in, and I'm not going to give the guys town because, like, why would you tell me where you lived? Uh, and perhaps have one more romp with her. I also think that it would be tremendous if I could leave her with the womanizer since she can't have me, the real womanizer. All <laughs> the best. Wow. Please consider me, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of that? That's unbelievable. I think that's actually kind of nice, to be honest with you. In- until he called himself a womanizer, that was that kind of... Well, you know, he, he's maybe feeling a bit guilty, feeling yeah. badly. And, you know, like a lot of guys would refer to themselves as a womanizer if they'd had one extramarital affair. Yeah. And, you know, he's obviously hurt two women. But, you know, the fact that he kind of ghosted and he never followed up with her, he never, much as I love Ken's whipped cream story. That's funny. That's we were just talking so about people. ghosting five minutes ago. Were you? And how yeah. often I have been ghosted. <laughs> this is a gift we can give to this woman, Right. And, you know, the restaurant Savio Volpe is on Kingsway. It's outside of his neighborhood, 30 kilometers or so. And uh, I think that would be, you know, it might be nice for her to hear from him. What do you think? I think think it's, you're spot on. It's incredibly romantic. I I wouldn't want to be encouraging people out there. And I'm not doing that. Honestly, I'm not. But you know what? I think this woman probably feels badly, doesn't really know. It's hard when you don't know what happened to somebody. It's really hard. And and you wonder. And you would just like to know, like, what was the real story? Did you, you know, maybe she doesn't even know he got caught. And maybe there are other issues in the marriage as to why he stayed. And, you know, it could, we could just be, uh, we could be instrumental in uh, just a little romantic same time next year kind of little love affair. Anyway, I say we award the gift to Jerry. What do you say, That Matt? sounds great to me. Okay, sounds great. Remember, I'm going to be at the birth fair on Saturday, February 25th out at Cloverdale Agriplex. That is going to be a great event. Lots of information for new moms and dads. Also, I'm going to be at the 4th International Autonomic Symposium this Wednesday. It is at the Blessing I-Cord Center. So anyone involved in the spinal cord injury world, love to have you. Follow me on Twitter, at back, the number two, the bedroom. Remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, may you, may you let your love rise and fall in the wake of unbridled sexuality, intimacy, and creativity. I am more McGrath, you've been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.